Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, October 14th. Today on the show, Josh Ward joins us from Knoxville to break down the Ole Miss-Tennessee matchup. The Nashville Predators re-signed star defenseman Matthias Ekholm and get their season started on Thursday night. But we begin with some drama coming out of St. Thomas Sports Park and the Tennessee Titans. Make sure you know the name, the Kingston Group. That is all that I ask on this show. I would never tell you to do something on this show if I didn't believe in it and I didn't do it myself. We use the Kingston Group at my family because they are a proven commodity with a proven process that will not only make you happy in your home, but it allow your home to make you some money as well. Go to the website, buildkg.com, and look at their work. Have a conversation with them. Just talk to them. I guarantee you that whether you're thinking about doing something this week, next month, next year, they will be of benefit to you in some way, shape, or form because their process is proven and they're award-winning because of it. The Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. We're still a few days away from the big Monday night matchup for the Tennessee Titans against Buffalo, but we've got some roster moves and some drama. Offensive tackle Ty Sambrello, who was excellent last year filling in for Taylor Lewan, basically announced he was retiring from the team. And according to a report by Buck Rising of A to Z Sports, it's because he had to play through some injuries. He wasn't he didn't feel comfortable playing through. Perhaps he wasn't getting along with offensive line coach Keith Carter. A lot of speculation in the article about relationships and dynamics, and it actually created more questions than it answered. Uh, a lot of these players on the offensive line have played their best football under offensive line coach Keith Carter. So if there is a strange dynamic in that room, it has not affected this team on the field, at least not until maybe this season. Either way, losing Sambrello is a big loss to the depth of this offensive line who has, he's played a lot of snaps lately and forcing a player to play outside of his comfort zone from an injury standpoint would be a major story if we can get confirmation that that in fact is true. Additionally, linebacker Avery Williamson, former Titan, was brought back. It could mean maybe fewer snaps for Rashawn Evans, which of course would make all of Titans Twitter extremely happy. Some really good news on the practice field on Wednesday. Julio Jones back out there working, and Amani Hooker has been designated to return to practice as well. It doesn't mean that Hooker is going to contribute right away, of course. That designation just means he's making progress, and I can't believe it, but very few people have been missed more than Amani Hooker on the back end of this defense. So there's a lot going on with the Titans as they get ready for the toughest stretch of football games they're going to have the entire season starting Monday night against Buffalo. And as I've said before on the show, we're all going to learn together whether or not this team is a legit contender in the AFC to make an actual playoff run and continue to build on what they've accomplished the last two years or if 2021 is a major step back. We're going to find out in the next four or five weeks. The Nashville Predators season will get underway at 7 o'clock at Bridgestone Arena against the Seattle Kraken on Thursday evening. Before we get into talking about expectations and maybe final predictions for the Nashville Predators before the season gets started, there was some big news on Wednesday that the Nashville Predators announced. David Poyle and the organization signed defenseman Matthias Ekholm to a four-year, $25 million extension worth six and a quarter annually Ekholm is one of the two biggest free agents on this team at the end of next season, Philip Forsberg being the other, and getting this business done before the season starts clears up all kinds of questions for the defense core, the future salary cap, and the direction that the Nashville Predators are going to go in. Without Ryan Ellis, Matias Ekholm became a player they had to re-sign. He wasn't all that much older at 31 years old. He's still playing at a high level, and six and a quarter isn't exactly breaking the bank, 
for an all-star caliber defenseman. He was a must-have, and David Poyle got the job done at a relatively affordable price before the season started. It does appear that the Philip Forsberg contract negotiations and conversations are not going to have any conclusion before either the end of the season or possibly the trade deadline. Which brings us to our official predictions on the season. I don't believe this Nashville Predators team is going to make the playoffs, but I do think they're going to be better than people anticipate. I think a fifth or sixth place finish in the division is where I would pencil them in. 87, 88, 89 points. I don't know if they can get to 90, which would be over the Vegas total of 86 and a half. There's just a whole lot you're asking of John Hines and a lot of young players for everything to hit. And oh, by the way, your most expensive pieces on offense would have to finally live up to their contracts. You're asking a whole lot of this organization. I like the direction they're going. I think the coach and the players are a nice fit for the future. I just don't know if that future is this year. Next season, I think you could be looking at a team that challenges for a top two or three spot in the division if all these pieces develop and they continue to make smart decisions over at 501 Broadway. But I don't know about this season. I think this season's all about learning how much these young guys can handle, how quickly they can develop, and how good can they get in one season of playing hockey. Otherwise, anything else they achieve is house money Enjoy the season opener. Enjoy watching a brand new franchise, Seattle at Bridgestone Arena. Have a good time, everybody. NHL, welcome back to Smashville. All right, it's Thursday. That means Josh Ward from WNML in Knoxville, at Josh underscore Ward, of course, on Twitter. Good to see you, man. How is Knoxville this week, man? You guys got anything going on this weekend? Trying to put together an itinerary, trying to come up with something. Um, Braden, Knoxville is buzzing. The energy is back. You know, we have that conversation with all these programs, Tennessee, Miami, Michigan, Texas. Are these schools back? Well, Tennessee's not back. But the excitement, the energy level, fans at the stadium, they're going to be back because it's a sellout crowd. People are buying in. They're excited about the offense. And they're definitely excited about this game. Well, let's get into... How to stop Ole Miss first, because I think we know Tennessee is going to be able to score. The question is, can they stop Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral? They haven't faced anybody like that, although Kenny Pickett is playing extremely well this year for Pittsburgh. The defense has played over its skis all season. Why do you think that this defense has been able to outperform expectations? I think it starts with having veteran play up front. They don't have elite pass rushers, but Tennessee's been really good. A lot of the time against teams trying to run the football, not against Florida. And that was a game that didn't go well for the Vols. But uh, overall, Tennessee's done a good job, I think, I believe, thanks to veteran players like Matthew Butler leading the way, but other guys that have played a good amount. And then they have Rodney Garner come in and coach them and they improve, which has to happen considering they technically didn't have a defensive line coach last year. So I think it starts there. And then some veterans in the defensive backfield that have also emerged like Theo Jackson, Alante Taylor has made some plays for Tennessee in the secondary. Warren Burrell has made a jump and they're also coached by veteran defensive backs coaches and Willie Martinez and Tim Banks, who is the defensive coordinator. So I give a ton of credit to the defense and what it's been able to do. It is about to be tested though. And the defense that we, I think have all been impressed by and the defense that's played better than most of us expected, definitely better than I expected. Let's see if it can hold up because the real test is coming with Ole Miss and a few opponents later in the season. Do, do you expect Josh Heupel to change his strategy at all going into this game, knowing that the other offense runs just as fast as his does, if that makes any sense? Well, that's a good question uh, in terms of strategy. I would think that both coaches, though, have an idea of what they want to do, considering they have faced one another 
at UCF and FAU. Not the same situation, I know, because UCF had a pretty clear advantage. This looks like a, a closer matchup from a personnel standpoint, but they they have a good idea about one another. My joke is that it's the you know the Spider-Man meme where you're pointing at each other. There's a lot of that probably in this matchup. So I'm sure they have a good idea. I'm also guessing that both head coaches know hey, I might need to score a lot of points because there's a chance my defense is going to have a problem in this game. I'm curious about uh, defensive back personnel. Brandon Turnage had a really good week. He was forced into duty, and he ends up getting SEC Defensive Player of the Week honors. So his experience might help because I think Tennessee will have five or six defensive backs on the field a lot of the time and might need to rotate some guys. And I think Tennessee's probably looking at matchups who, who might be kind of targeted by uh, Lane Kiffin, if you're having the discussion on Tennessee side. So figuring out matchups and, and how you play your personnel, I think is a big topic this week in those meeting rooms. Are, are you concerned at all about the offense scoring? No, not really. Um, now, is it going to get out of hand in terms of scoring? Like we kind of want to believe that we're going to get a, a 52-51 type shootout. Certainly it could happen. I don't expect it though, but I'd also be stunned if we're talking about a 21 to 17 game. So yeah, I think you at least need to get into the thirties to win this game. Both teams will be able to score. Uh, what is the overall health of the running backs? Jabari small. That's something to pay attention to. Ty and Evans did have to come out last week. And I bring that up because running the ball has been a route to success uh, against this Ole Miss defense. It's been the way that Tennessee has succeeded a lot the last couple of weeks. So I think the conversation starts there. And Hendon Hooker, what he's done at quarterback, he helps Tennessee running the ball and throwing. His emergence is a big deal. So uh, obviously Vegas is a big big believer in Tennessee with the number being as low as it is. Is is that exclusively tied just to the, the moment in history and the crowd and the atmosphere and the energy and the buy-in and, and just sort of momentum? Or... Because it doesn't feel like on paper there's a clear advantage for Tennessee in this one. But Vegas clearly likes the balls. Right. I think Tennessee has an advantage if you're looking for it and its ability to run and Ole Miss's issues there. Ole Miss is not loaded with talent. Uh, I would look at year two with Lane Kiffin and the, the program development. There's an obvious advantage going into the season there. Ole Miss is a top 15 team. But Tennessee at home and uh, the energy, I don't know if that factored in the line, but in terms of the conversation as the week's playing out, it's going to be a loud place. And let's see how Ole Miss handles it. Now, Ole Miss, I think, benefits from having played against Alabama. I know how the game went, but they've been in that kind of environment now. And they had to they had to win a game at the very end against Arkansas. Tennessee hasn't experienced as much of that. South Carolina and Missouri just were not real tests. Now, Tennessee blew them out of the water. So the Vols deserve credit for that. But, you know, let's see how Tennessee responds. Are they ready for the moment? Is Ole Miss ready for the environment? I can't wait to see what happens. I think it's going to be an incredible place to be at Neyland Stadium on Saturday night. No predictions necessary here on the show. That's not what we do, Josh. Always a pleasure, man. Follow him on Twitter at Josh underscore war. WNML, of course, in Knoxville. Josh, good to talk to you, bud. You got it. Thank you. Make sure you remember the name, the Kingston Group. They are an award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm for a reason, because they've been in business in Nashville for over 10 years, making people happy and making people money with their homes just remember the name the kingston group if you're going to do any work on your house give them a call check out their work buildkg.com is the website the kingston group the 440 is a production of 440 media written and produced by Braden gall music by william tyler